passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Dynamite. It is John Pollock and Wei Ting, a packed night here in the world of professional wrestling. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, John. Happy to be back. Happy holidays. That's right. When was the last time we talked? About a week. Well, you and I, uh, <laughs> you and I, sometime between then, but at least on air. Um, about a week ago, last yeah. Wednesday. In fact, I, so. I have not done a show since uh, a week ago with you. So this is very exciting. Very much so, and we have a lot of uh, lost time to make up for. So tonight we have a special format on the show, which uh, we did a couple of weeks ago. We are going to be getting right into Dynamite off the top and reviewing that for about the next hour. And then we are going over to the Post Wrestling Cafe at the top of the hour. And it's the return of the double shot as we will be going over to the cafe and reviewing the Ric Flair documentary. And we are also going to go through today's news on the cafe. So if you want to hop on over all levels at postwrestlingcafe.com, we'll have access to the double shot, which starts immediately following rewind a dynamite. And we have lots of wrestling coming up over the next week. Uh, Even tonight, there are multiple cards going on in Japan, in Mexico, where Moments ago, Dralistico and Dragon Lee unseated FTR as the AAA tag team champions. So mm. they're down to one pair of belts. Way, what will happen next week with FTR oh. when they go oh. to Wrestle Kingdom? That's the big question. The losing streak continues. Hmm. That that it does. So uh, there you go. We are going to get into Dynamite, um, a very packed edition of the show taking place from Broomfield, Colorado. Um, but just a heads up to everybody. First of all, thanks to everybody that checked out our Christmas show uh, that we released uh, over the past week. A lot of uh, great reception to our Christmas contest and the many guests that stopped by. I believe a new post-wrestling Christmas show record. I think by last count, I mean... On the show, we counted 31, but I think it was closer to 30. Nonetheless, breaking the 30 barrier, um, I, I, I think a first for us here on the Post Wrestling Christmas Show. So thank you all for joining us. It was a, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of our best. Yeah, a lot of great chats on the show. You can check that out at our YouTube channel, postwrestling.com slash or youtube.com slash post wrestling as well uh, download the six plus hour behemoth of a christmas show and we're going to be back to our normal schedule uh with friday's rewind to smackdown after 
Well, WWE is in town. They're going to be having a show minutes away from us, Way, but we will not be at that show. Instead, it is the final SmackDown of the year in Tampa. So we will be live 11 p.m. Eastern this Friday night after Rampage and SmackDown with John Cena's big return. And then over the weekend, uh, we will have uh, WrestleNomics radio dropping. And coming up next week, it is the best and worst of 2022. Another monster show. Yes, yes. I have a feeling this one will be a bit long because we'll be condensing both both the best and worst of categories into one particular show. Uh, and that means there's going to be a lot of talk. It'll be very, very comprehensive for everything that took place this past year. And that will be dropping one. I believe Sunday evening slash Monday morning. Is that it? Oh, yes. Maybe we'll so, have the live premiere on Sunday night. That way people can get it in their boxes on Monday morning. Okay, so look out for that. Sunday night, Monday morning, as you wake up, it will be there. Uh, going through the best and the worst of 2022. And for Post Wrestling Cafe members, uh, we have put up the five-year anniversary show that we did in Newark, New Jersey. If you want to check out that 90-minute Q&A that Way and I did, uh, all members of the cafe get the video and the audio versions of the anniversary show. And we will be doing a cafe show next week covering Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, $6 gets you in the door. PostWrestlingCafe.com. Perks at all Four levels, uh, including at the espresso tier, where you too can choose such legendary events like the WBF World Bodybuilding Federation Championships, WWF Superstars from 1992, or our next review, WrestleMania 8 from Indianapolis in the Hoosier Dome. Coming up shortly. Yeah. So a lot of bonuses coming up in the Post Wrestling Cafe. Let's get into Dynamite tonight, the final one of 2022 at the First Bank Center in Broomfield, which it was noted at elevation. So even more impressive for that that trios match we got in the middle of the show. But opening things up, Brian Danielson against Ethan Page and out walks Stokely Hathaway alongside Ethan Page wearing a baseball hat to cover his bald head, his bald head. His bald head that uh, Brian Danielson um, challenged him to grow hair out of. So um, were we going to get Brian Danielson um, showing up with meat? Maybe like a drumstick or something? Um, to his what is retaliation? Um, or, or a Trader Joe's bag? Or maybe a Walmart bag or something? Yeah, this is this is quite the uh, personal battle that they have engaged in. MJF appears and he is in the private box with a woman unidentified that he calls the the one hot woman in Colorado and calls him brain damage Brian and watches the match. And that was all of the involvement of MJF on this entire show. Mm-hmm. Like he was there, but this had to be maybe one of the most minimal appearances by MJF I can recall. Yeah, I don't know if this was just sort of like, you know, the gimmick where he, he'd go to a different town every single time with, with like a new, you know, female companion on his arm, or if this was supposed to be the introduction of somebody more permanent. Um, probably the former, but uh, really just kind of, you know, there to, to, to provide his presence in the feud. That's all. Yeah, just he physically was there overlooking this match so uh, this distracts danielson so ethan capitalizes and then page is like screaming up at mjf and we see danielson come back these two chop one another their chests are so red and then danielson (laughs) stomps the achilles of ethan page not enough matches uh we get where they work over the achilles of the opponent that's what you go for in a fight go after the achilles uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, um, you know, if 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 uh, you're playing basketball, for sure. Yeah, with, but in wrestling yeah. as well. Yeah, weighs out for blood when he's playing pickup basketball. Yeah. Uh, Hathaway distracts, and then Ethan hits a kick that sends Danielson off the apron. We go through the break. Uh, Danielson misses a flying knee off the apron that they attribute to Stokely Hathaway uh, getting in the way. But then Page sends him into the steps, power slam on the floor, and then a slingshot cutter that Danielson kicks out of, uses some up kicks, gets to the label lock, but Page gets to the rope. And then after a power slam off the turnbuckle by Page, Danielson can't get up. The ego's edge gets stopped and then ducks a clothesline, hits the Busaiku knee, stomps, and Danielson applies the regal stretch which is not identified as the regal stretch by the announcers and ethan page goes out cold rather than submitting at 16 minutes and 25 seconds i found that pretty interesting 
You know, the fact that, um, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world why Danielson would be using Regal's finisher. This is a whole story of him trying to get revenge for the guy who attacked his, his mentor. Um, William Regal is, is really the kind of the central, a central character in, in this entire program. So it makes sense why he uses the, 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 the move, but, it, um, shouldn't it have been called out and made a big, bigger deal of? Yeah, surprising that Excalibur, at least, you know, wouldn't be um, the first to notice it. I mean, it felt like a pretty central storyline point. So it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, are they pulling back on on the Regal specific mentions, even though this is an entire storyline crafted around him? (laughs) So bizarre. It's like the guy's gone. He's going back to WWE and he's still like this looming figure over the the main title storyline. Last week, it was not an issue at all. Like, you know, Brian clearly brought it up in the promo. Um it could be nothing. We could be making like, maybe Excalibur just you know decided not to mention it uh, because maybe it seemed obvious enough. But it was interesting at least. How mad? Back- how mad can Danielson be when Regal has explained this was his plan to get this title on MJF, knowing that MJF would kill him and he would be stuck with this title? Um, Did he know MJF was going to kill him? That he said he knew the risk of what he was doing, but he had to. He wanted to teach the Blackpool Combat Club one last lesson, and by getting this title on MJF, it was going to uh, make him a target for everyone. You you bring up some great great points. Okay, um. this was not the uh, this was not the most smooth write out that they came up with. I understand that they had their issues, but. That that whole dream sequence of the, this was recorded two weeks ago. I don't know. There, there was there were holes to say the least in this I, theory. I, I do not. He disagree. was doing John Moxley a favor by taking the title off of him. Yeah, yeah, really. So Brian really should have nothing to, to be mad about. But like this was kind of Regal's grand plan. He knew this risk, and it's like I can't be that upset over MJF's actions when Regal. F- it's like Regal ran into traffic and he got hit by a car. Well, you kind of know what you're doing when you're jaywalking. When you're MJ walking. Very good. Very good. I, was, I mean, I was but, on a roll there. You, you the know, end. emotions are complicated. Okay. If you're a family member of somebody who was hit, who, who hit a jaywalker relative of yours, you'd probably be pretty upset at that person too. You know, you, you, you can't really explain. Uh, and this is something Brian Danielson can't help. He's going to attack the person that, um, did damage to the person that, uh, I don't know. It's it, it. We're supposed to forget that whole part of it, John, and we're just supposed to enjoy the program between these two. They have a reason, reason to feud. It's it's relatively simple to understand. He attacked my mentor. I'm going to get revenge. Forget about the video and forget about the turn. Forget about all this other stuff. Right. Um, what do you think of the match? It, it was it was a nice match. I thought it was, you know, it, it was a well done match. It was to me, it was nothing that um, blew me away. But it was just, it was a solid, nice, you know, 16 and a half minute match. And it was, the crowd was, it was, it was a nice crowd that they had tonight in, in Colorado. They seemed pretty lively. Solid was how I would describe it too. Um, and, and maybe I've kind of found this about a lot of Brian matches. Um, they can be really great, like we've seen. Um, but sometimes they're just kind of, I would say a bit forgettable. You know, they're, they're, they're just kind of him going through some of his greatest hits. Obviously, next week will should be very different with, with him in Seattle. Though we don't really know what what the direction <laughs> they set is. nothing up. Yeah, like I mean, right. I, I would imagine they do something on Rampage to set up Danielson, but it like there was no angle shot tonight that leads to a match unless you're doing someone else in the firm or like nothing was set up tonight. Like it feels mm. like you're gonna get a rather cold match next week if you're doing anything. Um, Daniel, I really thought tonight would be something big with Danielson to set up next week. Right. But you know how, how they are. Like they could just, you know, drop a graphic in the middle of the week and it's like Danielson versus Eddie Kingston or something. And this, this, you know, Seattle will go crazy for it. So yeah, um, see. we will see. But I, I would certainly want to have that announced at, at the taping on, on Friday rather than mm-hmm. a graphic just goes up on Tuesday afternoon. Renee interviews Wardlow and he's tired of all the words between him and Joe. It's tonight is about the actions. And Joe then attacks the man with a bat to the knee. Um, the old uh, Nancy Kerrigan angle. And he takes out Wardlow and compromises the fate of this TNT title match. And Joe says, I did this to you. Confirming what we just saw, that he was the man that did this. Screaming, why, 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 why? 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 Horrible thing. 
horrible thing. Um, yeah, no, setting up a story for for the later later on in the show. Um, we'll we'll discuss. Hangman Page is being checked on. <laughs> Renee comes and asks for an update, and he's very flustered. Um, I, I kind of like this as like the subtle reason that he's annoyed by Renee because of this connection to John Moxley, but it's not mm-hmm. like spelled out. Like there would be a reason that Hangman, like Renee, is a reminder of this guy that is uh, dominating his. Uh, <laughs> that's forcing this man to get on a plane every week, even though he's concussed, to come to each city every week. Yeah, does he not have doctors back home? You know. Um- no, no. There's one doctor that can check on him, and he's on the road with AEW, and he needs weekly checkups, uh, and he doesn't yeah. do Zoom. So, <laughs> trying to do this angle through Zoom would be, I guess, uh, yeah, would be something. Well, realistically, I mean, I, I would assume they, I, for his sake, I hope they they shot all this last week, um, like a lot of the talent. I, I would assume uh, shot their backstage skit uh, segments last week. Maybe MJF could have. He's like, could we? Could we just put me on the screen? Like I'm watching backstage with this woman instead of flying all the way out here to be in the I mean, box. Do we have any live reports that he was actually in the press box? You know, could could they have possibly filmed him? Like in, in no, in you the could press see box? him there. Oh, you could actually see him. They had like the wide shot. Yeah. Anyway, so Paige, I hope for his sake, you know, didn't have to travel just to kind of shoot this segment. But um, you you got to keep that feud alive. And I like the little kind of subtle allusions to Mox and Renee's relationship, you know, as well. The doctor told him or the trainer that he's following the concussion protocol. And if he keeps going, he could be back in two weeks, which I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's necessarily how concussions work. That it's, uh, you know, you could be, you could wrestle in like two weeks. Just, uh, if you follow this, it's, uh, concussions are a lot less predictable. That's I mean, aren't my- there timelines for recovery? Not, not, not a lot with concussions. Like it's sort of, it can be, look at Adam Cole, dude. He's been out since June. Well, maybe he just has a longer timeline. Well, anyway, they're teasing the idea that, and he mentioned like that's the LA show, so they are teasing like this match could happen in LA. They're, that was certainly the hint here. Well, uh, could he not just be cleared for LA? Not necessarily having have a match with Moxley in LA. He could. It's just LA is a big show, and I could certainly right. see them like when you're looking at Moxley and Hangman. I do not see them holding off till March for this. So you have to look at the big dynamites, and LA is a very big dynamite. It'd be quite the match, yeah, for that already very stacked card. Moxley and Claudio against Top Flight. Uh, Top Flight come out, and just the way they're walking out, they've got these grins on their faces, and they're they're having like they're explaining on commentary, like they have a certain confidence about themselves now, and you know some some really clever stuff that they did in the battle royal with them on Rampage on Friday, and they take the fight to the BCC, and they go after them first, and Darius clips the knee of Moxley from behind, and this was uh, John Moxley selling his knee for the duration of this match so we had, we had two major uh, knee injuries on this show to work our matches around between moxley and wardlow um claudio gets the tag and he does this awesome spot where he just continually irish whips dante into the corner and hits him with a running european uppercut then to the opposite corner back and forth back and forth until the crowd is just losing it from this repetition this was just a great great sequence ending with a drop kick by claudio i just thought it was tremendous of just do something over and over and you're just amazed at how he keeps going at this at this speed it's similar to, um, you know, when, when guys do like the Tope Suicidas, you know, one after the other repeatedly, or like in Claudio's case, I think we've seen him do, you know, take some great hot tags where he just kind of like, it's like he grabs the invincibility star and just kind of goes wild around the ring. And it's one of the very spectacular cardio superhuman feats that we've seen him do in the past. Then Claudio goes for the giant swing to Darius, and he's swinging him, but he's not the legal man. And Dante is in and starts leaping over his brother as he swings around him. It was like that. Do you remember those? Bop it? Not bop it, but you know what I'm talking about? That thing when we were kids that you had, and you could put it around your ankle and swing it, and it would count. You know what I'm talking about? Bop it? Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. I think that's it. Skip it. Skip it, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what this reminded me of. Let's skip it with his brother. Yeah, I mean this was this this should be an option in the video game that you can play. A mini skip game. it yeah. with Top Flight and Claudio. Mm-hmm. So Moxley then uh, tackles Dante, breaking up the cover. He's selling the knee very effectively. Uh, 
I, I thought Darius, like this was one of his best performances since yeah. since coming back. Standing Spanish fly. Um, then there's a backslide kick out by Claudio into the neutralizer, and everyone thinks this is over. And Darius kicks out of the neutralizer, and the kick out was great. Claudio's reaction, being stunned, was great. He's questioning the ref, and then. Claudio just goes to town with elbows. Moxley takes off Dante's head with a lariat. And then there's more elbows. A paradigm shift to Dante on the floor, which the camera missed, but they did get the replay. And then Darius fires back at Claudio with a slap. Claudio removes his mouth guard and kills him with one final European uppercut to win the match with the deadliest European uppercut in 1326. I love this ending. I love when guys win with alternative moves that educate you that a match can end with a different move. Um, They totally flipped us with the neutralizer and using the European uppercut. I thought Top Flight got a ton out of both the Battle Royal last week with the elimination and then hanging with these two and giving them that that extra oomph to their characters in this. I, I thought this was a really tremendous match. I like that, you know, um, at least especially with the the Blackpool Combat Club and, and really, you know, for a lot of AEW acts, I mean, the, the emphasis isn't necessarily on having one spectacular finishing move. It's more so about crafting the feeling of the match feeling like a finish. And in this case, it was almost like um, you, you had caught Claudio having to deliver the, you know, sort of like final uh, execution uh, role, um, you know, by, by delivering that one final sh- straightforward shot, nothing fancy, nothing technical, just a big, you know, athletic strike. And I think I would say like, we love Claudio, a uh, spectacular, like athlete, but I, I don't know if like the mean streak has necessarily translated from, I think, you know, what is a very active, violent vis- physical style, but I, I just ha- haven't really gotten the sense of it in his personality. And I kind of got it here towards the end where like you just kind of saw a bit of anger and rage in his eyes as he delivered that final Euro uppercut and almost stood there almost like in shock of like the, the type of zone he f- he found himself in. And I think it's something he he needs to kind of unlock to like take himself to the next level. So this was really great for me to see. Top Flight did really well using their high flying to make up for their lack of size here. Uh, but you know, in doing so, it just it made Claudio and Moxley look like these monsters, you know, absolute monsters that they would have uh, otherwise probably not necessarily felt like like back in the WWE, for instance, where they would only wrestle guys like either their size or bigger. Here, like both of them look like monsters, so it, it, it was really great for all parties involved. Yeah, I think you know, there's a time you could have Moxley and Claudio go for the tag titles at at some point. Like, I think that that's an an option that you could use with these two. I'm not at all saying you, you should do this in anywhere in the near future, like because they're both so over and they're important as baby faces. But man, them as like a bona fide, like the BCC is like a real heel team would, would be really interesting. Renee is backstage with the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford and Kip eliminated Orange Cassidy last week and therefore feels he deserves the All-Atlantic title match. But then Trent points out that I eliminated you. So by your logic, I get a title match. So Orange Cassidy said, yeah, Trent gets the title match first. And Trent gives him a look. Are you sure? And Kip is looking forward to watching the best friends face one another. And that's going to happen on Rampage. Trent challenging Orange Cassidy. Sounds interesting. Yeah, like, you know, anytime like two faction stable mates or tag team partners face face each other, it's it creates an interesting sort of like uh, built in dynamic. And it's certainly a match I'm looking forward to more than the the match they're promising at the end of all of this in Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy. I mean, it's I'm really sorry, you know, like Orange Cassidy has, I think, had a pretty good run so far with the all Atlantic championship. But I would not classify Sabian as like (laughs) above many of the opponents that he's already had and no Trent seven. Um, I don't think he, he wasn't that he wasn't on the show last week. Wasn't here this week. So I, I, I don't know what his status is. If he's seems like a per date, you know, appearance, like he's probably has established that connection, but might not be brought in every single week. Hook comes out to take on Balaam links. And this was the same hook match we have seen many times. Uh, overhead suplex, cross faces, red rum in 57 seconds, and the backdrop 
Bloodborne angle. So ha- it, it it was the same, but like I'm not complaining. Like I love these like hook squashes. We've had them for a long time on Rampage. We're getting them on a bigger stage now on Dynamite, and I think they're incredibly important right now to establish him to a bigger audience and also to set up <laughs> the type of match we want to see him have with a more prominent, bigger, seven foot tall opponent. Or at least a spot with a bigger opponent because mm. they did a great job teasing this. Hathaway comes out with Big Bill and Lee Moriarty and calls them the Southwest Airlines of AEW. And so they're going to go after Hook when... Was, was that is that like a like a, a news thing? Like, I, I didn't... What, what's that reference? I'm not up on the Southwest Airlines. Is Southwest Airlines, Airlines really bad? Uh, well, no one talks about airlines in a positive light, so I imagine there, there's something going on with, with Southwest Airlines. Someone can uh, get, give us an update. Um, U.S. blames oh, so- Southwest Airlines for meltdown. Ah, Southwest okay. Airlines creates chaos across America. Uh, okay, sorry everybody. Like we're, <laughs> I'm so not. I, I know nothing outside of professional wrestling. So- Southwest <laughs> Airlines flight cancellations continue to snowball. I feel Southwest wasn't the only airline that was affected this past week, though. But were they the, the cause of everything? Like, were they the first, the inciting? Cancels more flights, draws federal investigations. So, um, well, th- well, there, there you have it. So, Southwest, bad week. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, would you be offended if you were called the Southwest Airlines of this show? <laughs> I. It's not a diss if you so. have to Google it to find out what your <laughs> insult is. So, Jungle Boy is out. He attacks Moriarty on the ramp. And then Big Bill and Hook go... I would say face to face, but this was like face to chest. And just the visual was tremendous here. A very, yeah. uh, like Taz, Pam Bam Bigelow feel to it. Totally. And they face off and Big Bill goes for the choke slam, but Hook counters and he teases the T bone. And this crowd, dude, they were just ready to see this. Uh, but they saved it and Big Bill goes again for the choke slam and Jungle Boy hits him with a two by four saving hook. And when they do this spot and he T-bones Big Bill, uh, that place is going to go nuts whenever they do this. Completely. Th- and- this is what I thought they were going to do with Wardlow and Satnam Singh with the power bomb. And they never, they never, did, did they eventually do it with Satnam Singh? I can't uh, dude, even recall I now. I don't remember, man. Like once, I don't feel they no did. Idea. I I mean uh, the fact that we we don't remember may, maybe says something about uh, you know how how worthwhile it was. I already have uh, you know a better kind of feeling about about this hook and and big bill thing. Um to me it's like a great use of a big cast in their company to basically kind of play big object for hook to throw. Um, they, I, I want them to keep this tease out for, you know, quite a while before they, they actually give it to us. Cause I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the more, the longer you delay the, that gratification, I think the bigger the reaction is going to be. I thought Hook looks so awesome here, you know, uh, first of all in the squash match, but in this stare down, he's got incredible, like, um, I think confidence in his face and him being this much shorter than Big Cass or Big Bill and just looking at him not wavering at all like you've done such a great job of building Hook's stature to feel like he's a monster in the company already so now when you're actually putting him up against a monster it doesn't feel that unnatural nonetheless it will still be very impressive to see him you know do the move so I'm really looking forward to this like you know Jungle Boy Hook team up and and even this tag match it's great for Big Bill and Moriarty BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. 
They recapped Jericho's loss to Action Andretti and then the fireball attack on him last week to explain his absence. And Jericho cuts a promo that Starks turned down an opportunity of a lifetime. He's foolish and small-minded and will be a flash in the pan and that he doesn't have all the tools yet. He's going to school Starks next week because he is a wizard, the Ocho, and warns Action Andretti not to return to the to AEW. Leave with the highlight of your career and go back to the indies. And he's putting an end to the Ricky Starks experiment when they face off next week in Seattle. Yeah, decent promo, Jericho. The follow-up to the Mogul Affiliates minus one key member. Um, Swerve explains that <laughs> they had to replace Keith Lee. And this is Parker and this other guy, You'll learn about him soon enough. <laughs> You'll learn from him uh, if you sign up to, to Fightful Select. <laughs> and then Wheeler Yuta enters and challenges Swerve to get violent and dirty on Rampage. So it will be Swerve Strickland against Yuta. Yeah, yeah. So they're keeping the mystery of this uh, tattooed man that, that we've now known as a former baseball player. Um hidden we we don't know his wrestling name i'm 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 kind of excited i i want to know the backstory that they've cracked knuckleball this guy (laughs) knuckleball yeah sure um and i more so want to just get a close-up of some of these tattoos like what what i have no idea what is going on there i'm sure there's a deep meaning I'm sure one day he'll do a episode of AEW Unrestricted and he will explain. How do you go from like, you know, I, I guess nearly draft being drafted to like the, you know, major leagues and then deciding to tattoo your face up like this? What yeah. is it? I, I, he looks interesting. I want to know his backstory already. Yeah. I mean, like George Steinbrenner had the edict that like you couldn't have long hair play on the Yankees. I don't know what his, wow. uh, you know, if the man was alive, what he would think of uh, if this guy showed up at spring training, but maybe he'd be more open minded in, in this current age but there you have it um not not the most uh, wild follow-up from last week's big angle but no keith lee on the show selling the cinder block attack as he should should not yeah, yeah cinder blocks and fireballs that's definitely a week off you don't think lee will come in next week just to you know get get a flashlight uh, in his eye to see if he's cleared he should have had to fly out to just to check how bad how bad things are and then you have a you know torched up action and ready you know with a cane trying to find his way backstage i hope they didn't book him on southwest oh i hope i not either imagine being concussed and your flight gets canceled on your on the way to tv to get checked up for your concussion to then fly home right after it sucks you to don't get your bag in pro wrestling you don't even get a vacation out of it you still got to stay home death triangle against the elite falls count anywhere match number six in the best of seven series and it starts in the back. Uh, Don Callis is on commentary, and we have uh, Kenny Omega, who's dressed like an old-school street fight, just in his jeans and uh, shirt as well. And, I mean, this match was just... You can't nuts. have a street fight in without jeans. Are you kidding me? Street clothes for a street fight. I like it. I like it. Even if you never wear jeans. I mean, if you're going to fight, you should wear jeans. So I don't even know how to go through this. We Some of the highlights included a brain buster to Omega onto a wooden crate in the back and then Pac delivering a moonsault off risers. Then Nick comes off the same riser with a cannonball splash, putting Penta through a table. And then they make their way out to the arena. We had Phoenix. Phoenix, dude, was unbelievable in this match. He had a Tornillo off the stage and then get... Got his head sent into the next state with a V trigger. Matt Jackson did his northern lights to pack down the ramp, then caught Phoenix and did a double version of them. That was pretty impressive. Uh, we go through the break. Matt hits a Canadian destroyer after a three on one attack on Omega. They are back to uh, even strength when Nick and Matt return. Omega's hitting the Snapdragons and then a V trigger delivered to Pac, who has a trash can over his head, followed by a doctor bomb on the can for a near fall. Penta saves from the one winged angel. And then Phoenix comes in. Uh, he gets back body dropped, but lands 
into a Rana onto Matt, hits a cutter onto Nick, and then hits a tope to the floor, which was just seamless the way he hit this and just unbelievably great. Penta takes a Meltzer driver on the floor. The save is made, and it's falls count anywhere, so they could go for the fall on the floor. Uh, Nick comes in, whipping chairs at everyone. There's a BTE trigger to Penta. Pack breaks that up and then avoids the Meltzer driver, ducks the super kick, and Matt hits his brother Nick, and the brutalizer is applied on Matt, and it looks like Matt is going to submit, but in the split screen, we see Omega on top of a balcony, hoisting up Phoenix for the one-winged angel, and hits it off the balcony and pins Phoenix before Matt submits and therefore Omega steals the win for his team and deprives Pac of ending the series. So you had Pac frustrated at the ending. Uh, 17 minutes and 10 seconds and uh, outstanding Falls Count Anywhere match. Spectacular, um, as as you've come to expect. Um, the fact that we know the outcome or knew the outcome going in, you know, to uh, game game six of, of seven here. I, I, I don't think it made this match any less compelling. I thought what we came to see is not necessarily the finish or not necessarily who's, who's going to win or lose, but to see the creativity um, of this, these six incredibly creative people in the confines of a false count anywhere match. And I thought they completely delivered, you know, from the beginning with some great design of, of a lot of very unique spots. Um, the type of, especially in the finish, I thought it was like the type of finish you could really only do in a multi-man false count anywhere match where one finish was going on while the other person thinks that they have had it done. Um, and then of course you had, you know, the same lightning fast, precise execution of all their incredibly like well-designed sequences that you've come to expect throughout this entire feud. So spectacular finish uh, and a very good addition to the series. I would not classify this as like the best, but like a very welcome. This was high for me. This, this was like two or three. This might've been number two to the pay-per-view match. I really love this match. I thought it was tremendous. And um, yeah, it does. I like, Everyone is just pointing out, oh, it's so predictable that they're going to go seven. It's like if they lost tonight, everyone would be saying, well, that was dumb. They deprived everyone of the seventh match. It's like, yeah, this is a best of seven series. Even though the outcome is predictable, you don't know what it's going to look like. And it's it's the what it's going to look like that is the most appealing aspect of it all. You know, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I might be in the minority, but it's like I'm watching these matches. It's like I'm not caring about the winners and the losers but these these are spectacular matches and i think that the match in 2 weeks is going to be something else um and probably yeah. is going to be like 20 25 minutes of of television time that they have at, at the forum so that should be you're, you're going to get two in well you include this like three straight weeks of pretty big Kenny Omega matches that he has on on his plate mm-hmm. And then in the unenviable task of following that, Anna Jay and Ty Mello took on uh, first. First, we had uh, our our buffer, which was the Acclaim's latest diss track with Billy Gunn. And this this diss track on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal included lines that uh, Jeff Jarrett has not been relevant since 2004 scheming like global force gold. You're a carny. The worst Jeffrey since Dahmer stealing money like it's Kurt Angle's wife. You couldn't draw money. I'll pimp slap you. You'll see stars like a password. And to Jay Lethal, you're a 20-year veteran and no one's impersonating you. Lost the flair. He was 74. Uh, You've been in TNA so long. You've got Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, Jared carries a guitar but can't play one lick. Only thing he strokes... Is his, um, you know, it's some great lines from <laughs> Caster here. This was really, really strong in terms of writing. However, like, I, I don't know if these are ever as impactful as like him just coming out and like delivering the lines like in front of a live audience. I think these are great, and and they might have like great viral value that I'm not necessarily aware of. But at least like watching on TV, I almost like might have preferred him coming out and delivering these lines live, you know, at, directly at, at, at Jarrett, just so you could hear the crowd react to them with their oohs and their ahs and their oh shits. 
in the context of a song, it's just kind of like it just kind of comes and goes. You don't really hear the crowd react to it, so you don't know how impactful the lines are, uh, always are. Um, like the song, I, just, I I thought it was actually good, but like I guess in the context of professional wrestling, it almost it might work even a little bit better. You know, just kind of doing it live and slowing down the tempo a bit more. All I want is the Jeff rebuttal. Completely, please. Get Rick Ross to help. I don't care. You know, something, please. We need the Jeff Jarrett rap. Uh, so I, I, I thought this was, this was pretty great. Um, yeah. quite, quite the, the well put together line. Um, all right. Uh, can, can we go over any, uh, triple A results? Yeah, sure. Spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, skip, skip ahead. Uh, I don't know. A minute. Okay, I'll, I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end. Uh, Anna Jay and Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. So they took control of Willow, uh, go through the break. Ruby gets the hot tag and is driving Mello's face into the buckle, hits the no future onto Mello, who kicks out of it. And then Mello hits a pump kick to Willow that they explain is one of the best pump kicks in AEW, which would come into play later. They're double teaming Mello, ends with a suplex, save is made, and then we are getting into near falls. The DD tie is delivered to Soho. But Willow tackles Anna, making the save. Chops between Ty and Soho. The crowd is chanting for Ruby. They trade headbutts, and then Ruby collapses on top of her. Willow gets sent into the post with her shoulder. Anna gets a chair, and then Aubrey grabs the chair, and with her back turn, Ty gets another chair, handing it off to Ruby, and hits the devastating pump kick to the chair into Ruby's face, and then the Ty KO. Uh, again, the move that she broke her nose with and pins Ruby Soho in 11 minutes, 58 seconds. And uh, this was Ty Mello's booking that she took on Wednesday night when she was announced for both this and the AAA card on the same night. I would assume she did. She have much choice. You know, this is her home home promotion. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it seems that it was, um, yeah, a, a, a necessary move that they well. I don't know all the details of, of how it all uh, worked out, but uh, tri- AAA, uh, to their credit, uh, continued to advertise Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello and never announced the uh, that they were off un- until the actual show began and they announced the replacements for them, even though it was known for several days they would not be on the show. So was the spoiler supposed to be – you're telling me who the replacement was? No, no, the the, the replacements oh. were I, – I mean it was um, you know a okay. uh, small thing. Um, anyway – Good match, yeah. I thought. I thought all four women did really well. They got the crowd into this. And, dude, coming off that Falls Count Anywhere match, I mean, if there was a match that the audience was going to sit on their hands for, this was going to be it. And they got yeah. this audience into things. Yeah. I, I in particular, um, thought there were some really nice tag team sequences between Ruby and Willow. We're, we're seemingly getting a little bit of story between these two, uh, you know, that, that are looking to create some sort of odd couple permanent tag team situation that's going on um because willow is so happy all the time it it's kind of prompting ruby to kind of play the more constantly pissed off you know um always aggressive type of uh um um uh i i, I guess a uh, partner and it, it's made her at least in this match a lot more aggressive in ring and and i think as you saw with like Karushita versus Jamie Hayter and, and with Tony Storm, like that added aggression is, I think, what catches people's attention, uh, when, you know, uh, in the women's division right now in AEW. So I'm, I was happy to see it here. Ty J, I think are actually a very good heel tag team. Um, Ty Conti, I think is, is, is actually a very good heel. She knows how to control the crowd. And I think Anna J is, is improving really well as well. Lexi Nair interviewed the guns who are leaving because they have reservations and they'll address their win over FTR. Next week. Got to wait till next week. Rampage on Friday. We will hear from Jamie Hayter. We will hear from John Moxley. And then Orange Cassidy against Trent for the All-Atlantic uh, All title. Jade Cargill against Kiara Hogan for the TBS title. And Swerve versus Wheeler Yuta. So uh, a nice lineup for, for Rampage. Swerve and Yuta I'm looking forward to. But, I mean, yeah, not necessarily like the most important. Um, maybe this is where MJF, you know, will we'll do stuff. That again, I would have advertised that if like MJF was going to be on Rampage again, like that should be announced. Like, yeah, you can put the graphic out uh, the next day, but you know, use your use your audience because if you announce MJF will speak on Friday, I feel that would that would be something meaningful. People would want to hear. And then Dynamite next week, all they've announced is Starks and Jericho with more to come on Rampage. So probably by Thursday morning, people will know. Uh, some more matches. It is the new dynamite, everybody. That's right. New year, new dynamite. 
Yeah, so I, I'm, I mean, more than the ma- the card itself, I'm looking forward to seeing what the new set looks like, uh, what new graphics packages we're going to get, and what new introductions we're going to get. The trailers have uh, been airing, and they look really good. You know, I think we're we're probably going to abandon the rainbow color scheme um, that Dynamite has kind of been accustomed to, or whatever like color scheme. I don't even know if it really has that much of a color scheme beyond like black. Um, so this one is looking like a bit more kind of bluish, reddish. I'm looking forward to it. It's looking pretty fresh in the trailers. Renee interviewed Ricky Starks and Renee said that next week, it's arguably the toughest opponent of your career next week, um, which he says he's going to get revenge for Action Andretti. He is a star that Jericho can't control, and I think for myself. And you're not ending any experiment because I'm not an experiment. I'm going to put on a master class in whipping your ass. I've got a big mouth and a bad attitude, and I will take you down several notches. So, yeah. Um, he sounds so good. This is probably another thing he probably just recorded last week, like, so that, uh, you know, the, the roster didn't have to come in. But, like, even after doing the segment he did on dynamite just being able to like come out in the back and deliver a segment like this i i mean man this was so good just untouchable confidence great lines great substance between his words so really good and the main event is samoa joe and wardlow for the tnt championship joe cuts a promo that wardlow is suffering from stage fright so we probably won't see him tonight and said he was going to call out one of the denver broncos but you've already suffered enough l's this year and then wardlow hobbles his way out and he overcomes the doctor's orders and he is going to come in and the match begins so joe lifts snaps the man's knee and grounds him uh joe gets dropped off the turnbuckle and wardlow is able to put his acl back together to hit a swanton off the top and then wardlow follows with german suplexes scales to the top for a whisper in the wind and then joe kicks out of that the crowd is chanting for wardlow and he finally hits a power bomb out of the corner he goes to start the power bomb symphony but the knee gives out there's a chop block by joe and locks on the coquina clutch and wardlow goes out at 12 minutes and 12 seconds so two pass out finishes on the show as well and joe stands in the ring and you think he's going to shake hands with Wardlow and show him respect, but instead bashes him with the belt, goes underneath the ring and grabs a toolbox and he pulls out a pair of scissors and he nails Paul Turner, which they say he's going to have to pay for that, and then cuts off the man's hair. Wardlow loses his 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 ponytail and then man Darby... Bun. His man bun is gone, which might have been a gift that Wardlow is not aware was given to him. And then Darby's music plays. He attacks from behind with the skateboard and holds the TNT title as Joe retreats at the end of the show. Um, first of all, I, I thought the match was really strong. You know, probably Wardlow's most significant match since his MJF feud. Uh, I thought we got to see a bit of a different side to Wardlow here where, you know, he was coming in as the underdog, selling that knee throughout. I thought, um, like, the Wardlow problem has been, like, he seems to be very successful at doing the squash match. Beyond that, you know, can he create a compelling 15 minutes? And I think as the underdog here battling a very, very strong, very dominant, very evil Samoa Joe, um, I I thought he was great. You know, what Wardlow does really well in his spectacular high-flying for a big guy, I thought they positioned really well to, to make look like they were kind of like desperation moves and throughout the whole thing, selling that knee incredibly well, you know, uh, hitting every single one of those high flying moves. And then like the, the, the repercussions uh, being immediately felt on, on the knee. I thought it was really strong. So very good word, low performance and man, Samoa Joe is really kind of like coming in into his, his own, like finally achieving more of that great, like sinister heel status. We've, been missing since his last heel run in, in the WWE and then on top of it all just cutting the man's hair in this little ponytail that I hope he somehow wears or just you know comes out to the ring like waving around uh for the rest of his days uh that it's, it's just awesome yeah I, I thought it was a nice match that they had they had like a story here with, with, with the knee and such um uh 
yeah, overall, like I think the key was you got the audience really into Wardlow, which he badly needs. I was I was a bit surprised because I thought this was kind of tailor made for him to win win the title back at, at the end. But I'm not complaining that Joe is sticking with the belt. I think he's been very strong in this role, and obviously, this is a program that's going to continue with Joe and Wardlow. You, I guess you would think so. Although, like, man, you've already lost twice to Joe. You lost your belt. You lost your man bun to Joe. You know, like, how much more can, like, you really try? Well, that that would be right? pretty um, detrimental, I would say, for Wardlow to just say, you know what? I, I can take a hint. Time to move <laughs> Maybe on. Maybe they'll have a match for the, man, for the man bun. You know, forget the title. I think Wardlow should just challenge Joe to get his little man bun. <laughs> it's not like he can go after Joe's hair. I mean, so it's true. I guess yeah. it's just the belts he can target. I, I you know, I, but what does I, Wardlow have to offer now? He's lost his hair. Um, like, what what can he even offer? Uh, to, uh, he's for another a, match. He's got a no, nice beard. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe some beard hair. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I'm I'm not really entirely certain that like they're going to continue because Darby looks to be the next program. Okay. Um, and Joe is clearly the more valuable property right now. You know, Wardlow might be your future, but I think Joe, Joe is the now. He's a guy that you can, you know, build Ring of Honor around. Whereas Wardlow, I don't know if you, like, should kind of start him back up, like, from, you know, a, a, a different direction. Well, there you have it. That was Dynamite. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be flipping on over to postwrestlingcafe.com. So for our patrons, uh, if you check your inbox, there is the link there to join us uh, in that room. Uh, I think before we uh, we sign off here, we will go through the uh, the feedback that we got for Dynamite. So we will go to Jay in Colorado, who attended the show tonight and says that um, he's typing this as they're getting ready for Rampage. I was one of the guys wearing the Brandon Cutler tracksuit in the first couple of rows. Great crowd today. We only have had one show here, and it was the second to last before the pandemic, so it's been a while. The energy felt good. Nothing crazy happened off camera, but after the show, Wardlow grabbed his hair and threw shit around. Tony Khan came out a few times. Ortiz came out to get the energy up for Rampage and tell us about the new Santana and Ortiz sneakers. Santana and Ortiz sneakers? They're still together? I thought they they broke up as a team a long Well, time ago. they've got sneakers together. That okay, might be, well, that might be kind it. of awkward. Where is Santana? He's hurt. Okay, He's all right. Out for a while, you gonna get these shoes? No, no, I won't be. All right, cool. That's nice. Do you want the other one here? Oh yes, yes, of course. We go to uh, Brian from New Jersey who says, "Heck of a show with a lot of great wrestling. A show long story to lead into the main event. Very solid stuff after the main event, and solid build for the weeks ahead. Short stick drawn by the women, unfortunately." Great spotlights for Top Flight and the still reigning king of television. Happy that Dante Martin is still in there with the main event talent after moving back to a tag team role. Terrific music video from the acclaim. Yes, that is correct. Hey, we have a super chat here to get to, actually. And this one comes to us from David Porges, who sends us 69.90. I believe David is from Israel, so I'm not familiar with the currency that's used, but... um, that's a great sounding number. Thank you so much, David. He says, Merry Christmas to you and John and Way and your lovely families. Thank you so much, David, honestly, for all the uh, constant support over the years. An espresso executive producer, David Porges. So a Merry Christmas to you as well, David. Thank you very much uh, for that. All right. So we're going to shift on over to postwrestlingcafe.com. We're going to be uh, launching up there in just a couple of minutes. Ric Flair documentary review from the doc that aired on on Peacock this past week. We're also going to go over some of the news headlines from the past couple of days and catch up on those, including uh, the passing of Stefan Bonner, uh, Dax Harwood's uh, first podcast discussing CM Punk. And uh, we'll also go over uh, some of the cards that are coming up over the next uh, couple of days on top of that. So thank you to everybody for joining us, and we will speak with you in a matter of minutes.